Dr. Ruth Westheimer. I remember every Sunday night, I'd hide in the bathroom with the radio, and I'd listen to Dr. Ruth Westheimer. And she would take questions and talk about, talk very explicitly about sex. And as a young pre-adolescent going to Catholic school, like this was just amazing to me. I too listened to Dr. Ruth as a teenager and I loved her. Yeah. I soaked it up. Did one episode stick with you in particular? Nothing in particular. Um, although I was a very sexual child, I was masturbating from a very young age on my stuffed, my stuffed animal dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember being three and I had a certain way of sitting and humping this thing. And my parents would walk by and be like, Lola, stop that. <laughs> So the message was, what you're doing is shameful. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, nobody talked about sex when I was growing up. I mean, 60s, 70s. But you weren't strict Catholic household, right? Oh, no. I went to Catholic school. Oh, but was it very strict household? It, Your parents were very strict? My father was very strict, mm. very disciplinary, very harsh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you know, like first grade catholic school playground kissing I, the boys, kissing the boys. <laughs> i was i rounded up all the girls and said let's go kiss all the boys we basically assaulted all the boys kissing them but not in a sexual way it was just to annoy them so um mother superior this went all the way to the top <laughs> And she came into the room like Darth Vader with her robes swinging to and fro, demanding to know who the girls were who did this shameful act. Shameful. And of course, I was the ringleader. And of course, it got reported to my parents. And of course, the paddle came out that night Mm. for that. So that's what I grew up with. But then as a teenager, let's talk about what we experienced when we were coming of age for sex and what we experienced with our parents. Oh, I don't even want to go there, but I will. But we will. So I guess it was sixth or seventh grade, and the Catholic school that I went to offered sex education class. However, your parent had to sign the form that it was okay with them. Out of a class of 30, there was one child whose parent would not sign the form. Mm, let me guess who. Mm-hmm. Every time it was time for the sex ed class to start, little Tawanda had to get up in front of everybody and walk shamefully out of the room and go sit in the library for 40 fucking minutes. Wow. Because her parents didn't want her to learn about sex education. And of course, you know, right after the class, my best friend would tell me everything. But honestly, that was the most mortifying, one of the most mortifying moments of my coming of age was the fact that in front of all of my peers, my parents were like, no, you cannot learn what a penis is. Hmm. What the fuck? Things are very different now. Oh my God. So... I think Dr. Ruth and some cousins <laughs> were my main source of of understanding 
what was happening to me? My main source were my two older sisters. Well, there you go. And my oldest sister had this book called Our Bodies, Ourselves. I remember that book. Mm-hmm. And then there was another book. I can't remember the name of it, but it had pencil drawings of all these different sex positions. The uh, Joy of Sex. Yes, the joy, I had that one. I used to get horny just looking at that. Well, some of them were pretty hot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Renditions. I didn't actually have sex until I went away to college. However, in high school, I was ready to have sex. And so I went to Planned Parenthood and got birth control. I got some condoms. I had a diaphragm. How old were you? I was probably 17 at the Mm -hmm. time. And my mother found the condoms in my dresser drawer. Oh, shit. And she said my full birth name plus my confirmation name. (laughs) You know you're in trouble. Lola, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Get up here. <laughs> yeah. Yes, mom. What is this? Holding up the condoms in her hand. And I said. Balloons. I said, what do you think it is? Don't be smart with me, Lola. And um, I said. Ma, get your head out of the sand. <laughs> Smell and the roses. And out came the paddle. <laughs> no, my mother didn't paddle me. When I was young, she tried. I would just run away. And she was you too were tired. faster. I was faster, and I was the youngest of four, and she was fucking tired. <laughs> I got away with way more shit than yeah. my older siblings. Yeah, my fourth child gets away with a hell yeah, of a because you're just too tired. I can't be bothered, yeah. honestly, if it's not killing him. Yeah. <laughs> so, fast forward, first boyfriend... Summer, nice summer night, cornfield, hidden, hidden rose within the co- the paths in the cornfield. Mosquitoes biting no, your ass. No, well, I don't remember that part, but, you know, full moon, we're out there. He was also raised Catholic and had a lot of hang-ups about sex. And I just remember we're in the middle of a cornfield and it was a perfect setting. And I didn't have my diaphragm with me. <laughs> And he said, I have a condom. And I said, are you sure that's enough? And he said, I have two. I could put two on. (laughs) So both of us being so inexperienced, it did not happen. Did not happen until my freshman year of college. Hmm. And I will not name names. However, this particular person who I lost my virginity to listening to the doors... I can't, every time I hear the doors, I think about this time. Nice. Um, he went on to win some major awards in medical discoveries, and he was the biggest pothead in the whole university. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, I am not anyway, surprised. I digress. Mm-hmm. Although I did read an article that every man you've had sex with, that their DNA gets into your bloodstream. So is that why we're so smart? It might be. we w- fuck smart guys? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think I freaked my kids out when I told them this. Like, hey, kids, you know, maybe you got some of this guy's DNA no, going. wait a you second. Do. This was something that came out within the pit. Don't ask me where I read it. Because I, I, I read this shit on the internet and then I forget. It was so, probably CNN or HuffPost. Because so, so those are the two, the two news websites I go to. Occasionally I go to Fox News just to see what the other side is saying. <coughs> Sometimes I go to BBC because I like BBC. I didn't lose my virginity until I was out of high school. 
And it wasn't for lack of trying, though. Mm. My best friend was up my ass about it. She was such a slut. She really was. And my mother hated that I was running around with her, you know, mm. smoking cigarettes, rolling up our Catholic school skirts, and wearing, listening to the doors, mm. wearing leather knee high boots with our Catholic school uniform because the dress code didn't say we couldn't I'm wear sorry, boots. I'm sorry, but that sounds like a porn video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dr. Ruth Westheimer, the one episode that stuck with me. <laughs> and I don't even know why, because I've never really experienced this. <laughs> well, somebody asked about how to handle it when your partner's genitalia doesn't smell so good. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't remember that episode. Uh, I'm sure like, we could find it on YouTube. What you do is you take a shower <laughs> and play with his penis. Rub soap on it. Stroke it. That's a really good impersonation. Right? And she's like, and and then you are not only arousing him, you are cleaning the genitalia. <laughs> good why, advice. Why did that stick with me all these years? So for years and years, I would just shower with my lovers. <laughs> and they were Assu okay with that. Assuming, you know, everybody's genitalia stank. Their manhood. Hmm. <laughs> well... I think if you're with the right person, that whatever they smell like, it smells wonderful to They're you. They're pheromones. Yeah. Pheromo oh. Pheromones. <gasps> Do you remember when we were young and single and we ordered pheromones? From, it was probably just water. And we would go out to bars wearing these pheromones. Oh, my word, girl. <laughs> and they worked. Or so we thought, or was it just because of the placebo effect and we believed they were? I don't believe it was that because I dabble in essential oils and I did a, um, I did a talk on essential oils. And aphrodisiac blends. Okay, aphrodisiac blends. And, I've know, worn your aphrodisiac blend. And I've been turned on by you, quite frankly, when you're wearing them. Oh, yeah. yeah. As I, <laughs> I do recall this one time where you were hugging me goodbye and you said you smell really good. And I said, it's your fucking aphrodisiac blend. Thank you very much. I remember just sticking my nose in your neck and be like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I wear them to work and I honestly feel that it helps people be more receptive to my ideas out of the bedroom and into the boardroom. That is my... I don't mind essential oils, but I do mind perfume and cologne. There oh, are... I don't like those either. Oh, do you ever have someone who like showers in it and then they hug you and it gets all over your clothes and on your face and you smell it the rest of the day and you're pissed off because you've got to go home and shower and change your clothes? I have, I don't have that sensitivity, but I, I know that you do. You're very sensitive smell sense, mm -hmm. senses, your senses. Yeah. Yeah. Senses that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when my kids were younger, teenagers, early twenties, they'd bring some of their friends who were doused in cologne or perfume. And it got to the point where I'm like, you need to tell them. <laughs> not to come in the house and do not hug me if they're wearing that shit. No, mom, that would embarrass them. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to tell them, like, I love you. I don't like that shit on me. So don't. So actually, um, one of their boyfriends was wearing cologne and he was a longer term boyfriend. And I just would be like, point like, look, dude, 
don't hug me. And he'd go to hug me and I'd say, are you wearing cologne? And if if the answer was yes, we weren't hugging. (laughs) God, you're so cold. (laughs) I didn't want to be wearing their cologne. I'm sure some of our listeners can relate. I'm to this. sure. I'm sure. I've just never, I guess from being a smoker, my sense of smell is different. Mm. Deadened even. Could be. <laughs> Could be. But not when it comes to my husband's farts. <laughs> oh my God. Are we going there? <laughs> Flatulence in a marriage. Flatulence really tests your, your marriage vows, doesn't it? There was this one time early when I was dating my husband and uh, we were probably like 20, but we'd been dating for a year. So you're more comfortable. And he let one loose in the car just as we were pulling into a gas station. (laughs) And as we're pulling in, I had rolled down the window with my head hanging out going, Jesus Christ. (laughs) was pretty obvious. Well, my introduction to my husband's true flatulence was on our honeymoon in Paris. Ah. Because as you know, in France, every fucking thing is cooked in butter. And cheese. And cheese. And even though you say to them, you know, this man has a dairy allergy, can't have milk, dairy, and they go right ahead and cook it however the fuck they want. Mm. I was like, I guess I was kind of mad. <laughs> you were mad that he was farting in bed? I was mad at the restaurants for lying to us because they were kind of ruining my honeymoon. <laughs> so how did you handle that? We got incense. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that works. Oh, yeah. And, and it works today still. Right. You know, but now, you know, we know we're very careful about his diet and we know that people fucking lie. Hmm. So and it happened the last time we went to France. Hmm. They just lie. And yet you want to retire in the south of France. I cannot wait to retire. Can I just tell you, living is good down there. It's really good. And did you not tell me that there is a very high percentage of very old people? Centurions. Centurions. Oh, yeah. In this town alone, there are about 30 to 40 people over the age of 100. Are they French? I don't know. I would have. I mean, to your friend is shit. actually from England. Yes, he's English. Yes. Um, can I talk about him for a minute? Well, because I don't right think he would mind. He was a male model in the '60s, and you helped me find some old stock photos of him. He, he was hot. He was quite the looker, and they had asked he's him. He's still good looking. Oh my goodness, he's so handsome, and he was asked to be. James Bond. He was offered the role of James Bond. Why did he turn it down? Because he was actively running a theater at the time. And I, from what he told me, we were sitting in the absinthe bar, so my memories are a little vague. (laughs) But I believe he was making more money running the theater than he would have if he took off and went and did this film. Those pictures that we found, though, I printed one up and sent it to him because I honestly think he hasn't seen it for like 50 years. He, he must have loved that. He loved it. And I and I sent him some um, a Whitman sampler. And honestly, I'm overdue with sending him a little care package. I'm thinking Hershey chocolate bars. Mm. Stuff, that, stuff that you can't get over there, really. 
you know. There's no Hershey bars in France. I didn't see any. I mean, their chocolate's much better. <laughs> Why would they want our crap? Right. <laughs> when you could have a wonderful, you know, macaroon. I had a Hershey's bar in Cancun, Mexico, way back in the late 80s, and it did not taste like the Hershey's candy bar in the United States. It was a different formula. It is different. And do you know what else is different? When you travel, cigarettes. When we were in Paris, we were buying the same brand cigarettes that we smoked here, but they were so different. How? They burned faster because they didn't add those chemicals, those additives that help it to burn slowly so mm-hmm. that your smoke lasts so mm-hmm. like we were just burning through cigarette after cigarette like i was ragging on you about chain smoking i was chain smoking who gives a fuck i don't chain smoke <laughs> no what the fuck <laughs> you're only, talking about only when you're here <laughs> i may or may not have had a puff of I your ciggy butt or may not i love that <laughs> phrase we use it so often he may or may I not may have. or may not have threatened his life. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little foggy. I may or may not have done LSD on the beach in Puerto Rico. Mm, <laughs> that's a good one. I may or... <laughs> no, we're going to get in trouble. <laughs> we better stop saying uh. those things. <laughs> Oh, we have many stories. We do. Many stories to tell. Thank goodness for that. Cheers, baby. And kids, we want to hear your stories. Yeah. Hit us up on Facebook. The Amazing Tawanda. And Lola. And we love you so, so much, kids. And things are always working out for us. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.